This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Coming into you fresh from Villa's first home game of the season. Joining me to bathe in the glory. They're getting more comfortable, these wins against Everton. 4-0, Mr. Chris Budd, Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome back. Hello, sir. Uh, that was a bit more oh, like it, wasn't it? Well, I did say uh, on the last show that uh, I'm looking to uh, readdress the goal difference instantly. Not None of this over the course of 10 games, instantly. And mission accomplished. Congratulations, Emery. Very good. I, I know how to solve this problem of the first home game or the first game of the season that we'll have such trouble with. Just play Everton. That'll be it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they could make that regular, as regular as Manchester United in the FA Cup third round, that would be uh, useful. But it is weird. I, I thought it was weird. I went through the whole day thinking it was Saturday, literally, until I bumped into Bud at half time and he told me it was actually Sunday. Is, you almost look, you almost look disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I've lost a day. And here I am re- recording this podcast in the middle of making a curry, which I need to get back to. And it's very late now. So. Oh, it's simmering slowly, though. But uh, never mind. But victory. That tastes good. Hopefully the curry will as well. Coming up in the show, we will catch up on the the latest filler news, as well as find out what's happening in Media Muppet World and the rest of the world in three points. And we'll feast on this Everton game. Although, obviously, they were shite. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Yep. But even through that filter, he, there's a lot of positive shoots uh, from that Villa performance, especially in the context of the injuries that we've had and, and even more injuries. The good thing about Philly Coutinho is he has the best song of all the players. It's a bit of a belter, isn't it, to be fair? The only thing that catches the whole tend, you know, in full force and pretty much give it an extra round don't they? They always get, they'll give it three because you just think, well, hey, it's, it's too good. It's too much fun not to do it again. So it always gets an extra round than probably any other player's song. And then you see him going off in agony and you're thinking, oh, God, I can't lose that song. Maybe it's because he hates the song. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of worth having him on the match day squad just for the song. But more of that later. Right, let's get straight into this. No messing around. There's a curry simmering away in the background. So uh, let's get into the news straight away. Shall we start with Burger King in India dropping tomatoes from its menu? Um, Or the Villa News? Yeah, I mean, apparently the prices of tomatoes have have shot up in India. So in a cost-cutting exercise, they've been uh, dropped from the menu. I I was thinking all these ex-Villa players are taking up bizarre new jobs like lawnmower Lansbury and uh, mortgage advisor Nathan Baker. Somebody should be setting up a load of greenhouses and exporting tomatoes to uh, India. You make a killing. Who's who's due for retirement? On uh, Gabby, Gabby. What about Gabby, the tomatoes <laughs> farmer? You could, you could imagine that, couldn't you? Gabby in the greenhouse. Gabby's greenhouse. Yeah. I like it. There you go. Big market India as well. He could make a killing more or than Or indeed that. Courtney, Courtney House <laughs> in the greenhouse. Better than, better than Courtney's rap career and Gabby's fashion empire that never really took off. Anyway, I think we should stick to Villa News. So, let's start with the injury situation. Mings, Buendia, 
front for uh, a long while. Good to hear the whole tens giving their songs uh, a rendition. Also Ramsey as well. Did Moreno get a song? I mean, he's... He didn't. There's, there's light at the end of the tunnel with him, isn't he? He's, he's, yeah, not, he's not so not far, far away. Emery, he, Emery he's said he's... He's back running, isn't he? Yeah, he should be appearing soon. Moving on, Villa finally back in Europe after so many years. Slightly bizarre time of uh, 5.45 on a Wednesday to... In Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Scotland, of course. Not the most suspicious European entry, but I, I kind of like it. I said previously, I, I like the uh, the idea of playing a Scottish team because uh, you don't... It never happens, obviously, apart from a friendly, friendlies, you know, whatever. So I, I, it adds a nice little uh, bit of extra in the mix. And I think Hibs will give a good account of themselves. Hopefully, there's still a game left when they get to Villa Park. There's something quite efficient about this Emery team. Yeah. But at the same time, there's the Stevenage factor. So, uh, and yes. the fact that there's you know, England v Scotland at stake, and the Scots yeah. love sticking it to the English, especially on and, their you own. Know, the Hibs fans will be well up for this, but it is a bit of a stinker that time for you know both Hibs and Villa's fans, to be honest with you. Meanwhile, Jacob Ramsey nominated for PFA Young Player of the Year alongside Harland, Saka, bunch of lovers. I mean, uh, as soon as I said Haaland, I thought, yeah, well... Uh, done. <laughs> yeah, done. It's not well enough. Don't, don't really need to carry on reading out the other entries. The Italian Stallion's in town. Is that yeah, what we're Italian calling Italian him? Like, <laughs> uh, that's what you're calling him. I'm definitely not. <laughs> I called him Mad Man a Genius last time. He's in now. From Galatasaray, it's a, been a great move for Galatasaray, this. And I think they played the long game here because at the time they were pretty much the only one who would take him from Roma. Uh, they got him at a good price, and I think this is a flip job, isn't it? Sounds like it, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Very much. And it seems like a deal set up to circumnavigate F- FFP. Uh, I saw another similar... Is it Chelsea got somebody on loan? But there's, it's pretty much a you know long-term deal, but it's officially a loan. So I think there's a bit of that going on. So if he does... How strict is it? I mean, all this talk of mandatory. If he's really crap, or for example... Injured. And he gets, or he gets injured, and you want to get rid of him. Uh, this whole mandatory has got to be bollocks. There's no way. Uh, There'll be loopholes, surely. Yeah, but if it is alone, and then you know, with a view to buy, then that you know, and and he can get out of it if it doesn't work. Then it's a good deal because he's no schmuck. But there is temperament issues. But it, you know, he seems a, an okay fellow. When I say temperament issues, it might be just be a, a case of his principle and or circumstance. And he was yeah. getting shafted, and he just stood his ground, which is fair enough. Yeah. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised that his English is very good. Yeah. Well, a lot of I mean, young Euro- Europeans nowadays, because of uh, just American culture, do seem to be pretty well versed in English. It's it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. The Dean, Luca Dean situation, the Kuna situation. I don't know. Is, is, was he really th- flying out of Heathrow in the middle of the week when he should be training? I don't know. But, I, I mm. think that could be an old picture that somebody's put up and just causing a bit of mischief. Uh, there's no way the club let him out to fly to Saudi. Why would you need to go anyway? It's it's like you go there when you have your medical. Pretty when, much when it's, it's a done. simple transaction. It's like, how much am I earning? It's simple as that. Let's, can, I sh- can you give me a Zoom tour around my new house? And that's a pretty can, much can it. Can I have a fleet of cars like Neymar, please? <laughs> so I don't know about that. And and he was all right. He looked good he against. Well. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and as a Villa support, he, you were kind of quite happy to have two decent left backs that you could swap in and out yeah. and not really suffer that much of a quality dip. Although, you know, Horses for courses. Yep. Philogene. That's could an odd the, one. Yeah, it could be off the hull. I, I don't know with this one. I don't see why we'd be jettisoning so many more supposedly jettisoning players. Well, to make up this European quota more more yeah. so than anything, because that was the that was the kind of trump card in terms of giving him a pathway. But it's not quite the last week of the transfer window, but where there'll be some uh, movement in the week to come, no doubt. Yeah, I'd expect a little bit of in and a little bit of out still. Villa West Ham has been moved to the 22nd of October for a half-four kickoff for Sky. And then obviously, if Villa beat Hibs over two legs, there'll be uh, a bit of shifting going on in the foreseeable future. Yeah, there'll be a load of Sunday games, won't there, up mm-hmm. until... Sort of yeah. Christmas period. Under twenty ones. I still can't. I, I need. Maybe I need to pay a bit more attention to this under twenty ones thing because I keep seeing us signing players over the last few years for like big money, and every time you look at the results, they're getting tonked. 
by yeah. the team think, selling them the players. <laughs> I think some of the ones that, I think there's the under 18s is where the, the big investment has been that they've come in. Yeah, and I suppose. Is, yeah, I mean Kellyman scored a brace, so he's he's still keeping his name in the in the headlines. Yeah. Meanwhile, unfortunately, Rachel Daly did not come away with a World Cup winners' medal uh, in Sydney as Spain. Oh, it was comfortable, wasn't it? In the end, Com- Spain looked beat, excellent in that yeah, times. Beat England one nil. And Daly and uh, Rousseau were like taken off at half time, which was kind of bizarre because then suddenly England are chasing a game and they've got no real recognised striker on the pitch. And you're thinking, that's not what I'd be going for at this stage. No. And if you'd taken Rousseau off, I'd have been putting Daly up there just to give him, you know, a different threat. But ultimately, I mean, I, I watched it on BBC and I, I, and I was baffled by the build-up. It was almost like it was a uh, they were starting the ceremony for England winning the World Cup, and it was like, oh, can we just skip through this game and get you know get to celebrating? And it was there was hardly any mention of Spain. And Spain, they were up for it, formidable, and it was com- it was a comfortable afternoon, I thought, for them, or comfortable evening in uh, Australia. I mean, and considering they got beat four 0 by Japan, I, I mean, I I had Japan down as dark horses to win this uh, especially when it got around the latter stages and when they got knocked out then it that kind of opened it up yeah, it felt like england probably peaked in the semi-final because they were they played really well against the aussies in the round before and, the, and in the quarter final as well but I, I don't know it was almost like a bridge too far for them this one well no i think uh i think they kind of got it wrong yeah yeah i think the lauren james sort of build up to the, the the final didn't help things because maybe if she'd have been suspended for three games it would have taken that sort of decision out of Wigman's hands and then it would have been a case of right you just stick to what got you there because I actually thought they played better in the two games without James the, yeah, the quarter final and semi I mean it would have been amazing you're just thinking about the eyeballs on it in terms of inspiring you know, generations the women's game, of girls women. especially to, to follow up a Euros with a World Cup win as well yeah, it's still a, a big thing but it would have been it's it's probably only like 25% of what it would have been. I mean, it would have been huge. Yeah. And so it's, you know, very unfortunate on that that side of things. And there's something you buy in more with them than like the men's team. You know, that, that you've got that, you know, gormless Harry Kane is the personality of the England men's team when this team is a lot more fun to it. So it was a shame from that point of view that they didn't... Uh, win it but we shall see how uh, it affects the season to come in terms of bums on seats i think it, it will help i mean it did you know when the England so, men, a little bit England yeah men's team and you know there are many gallant failings it, it always kind of gives the game a boost of interest meanwhile in the rest of the world three points I said last, at the start of the last show, this is point number one. The night before the uh, Villa Toon game, I watched that uh, the first episode of the, uh, the Newcastle Amazon thing. And can't believe that... I mean, people just turn blind eyes to things. I mean, this is how football's turned into what it is. When they were saying, uh, you know, oh, you know, Saudi Arabia, no, we have nothing to do with Saudi Arabia. And it's like, oh, we have now dinner with the excellency, you know, Prince, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's, it's completely in it. It's, it's the public fucking investment fund as well. Anyway, the, the fact that they are, <laughs> St. James's Park is hosting two Saudi national team international games against Costa Rica and uh, South Korea. It's like the blatantly yep. blowing raspberries at the FA and the Premier League in terms of whoever's trying to make sure everything's above board. I mean, the big test, and this is when you know that people are getting new mansions because of big brown paper envelopes, is Saudis. If, if it's true that they're trying to get a club into the Champions League, I mean, that's... If people accept yeah, that, that is fucking bullshit. Now it's it's getting sickly now. It's just so fucking brazen. You know, and yeah. all the tunes going, oh, but we're not we're not owned by a country. You're like, no, you, you really fucking are, mm-hmm. indirectly or not. Yeah, but but you know, it's not. I'm not. You know, don't go after their fans because our fans would do exactly the same. I mean, you, you've seen it. Anything like this happens, everybody digs in because they think the club is there to be defended. When actually, it's not the club. It's the club being tainted by the people behind the scenes. Yeah. Right, point number two. Atletico Madrid were forced to cancel an after-game warm-down after uh, too many fans stayed behind just to abuse Mr. Felix, uh, once target of Aston Villa, as he was an unused sub in Madrid's 3-1 win against Granada. It's, it's, it's happened before, I can't remember. When's the last time when like a player says he wants to join 
in this case, uh, Felix wants to go to Barcelona, but you're not too sure that the actual club wants him, was it? Yeah, Adam, Adam Wingy, whenever he drove down. Oh, yeah, Adam Wingy. He drove down to QPR and the, the interviewed him outside the ground. saying, it's, it's not happening, Peter. What are you doing down here? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So Felix, you'll end up at the Noor camp and realise it's actually been knocked down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rubble, mate. <laughs> Yeah, so sorry, mate, we're not here. He's a good player, but it looks to be as all this off-the-field stuff and just basically tantrums and huffing is going to ruin his career. It's, it's heading that way at the minute. Point number three, Portsmouth versus Cheltenham needed to get an extra official from the crowd after injuries struck. Yeah, you know the football season's back, don't you, when you get a story like this? I love these sort of stories. But the thing is, you know, at Villa Park, you could replace what was on the pitch against Everton in terms of officials and uh, just pluck a, f- a couple of random people out of the crowd. You'd probably get them doing a better job. You probably could apply the same to the Everton back line, but that's another matter. But two <laughs> assistant referees were injured, leading to an appeal for a qualified official to go, go out over the tannoy at Fratton Park. Was there anybody else there? Yes, the the, the saviour of the day was local league referee Julian Browning. He said, he said to BBC Radio 5, he said, I was wearing shorts and trainers and I got some kit from the second assistant ref. Shorts and socks, but the best bit of it all was another official had a pair of golden boots in the changing room, oh, so that's no. what he wore. <laughs> nice. But like I said, luckily the match ended nil-nil, so there was no controversy for him to deal with. Before we go on, helping to support the show, NordVPN are offering a bumper deal to start the season off with where you can get an extra four months free on top of uh, huge savings on the personal choice when it comes to vpn of my old man said if you want to protect your privacy on your devices and while you're browsing then nordvpn allows you to use it on six devices and of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. Perfect for those 3pm kickoffs on Saturday or 2pm kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. To grab your exclusive discounts, off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free and there's a no-risk Nord 30-day money-back guarantee as well. You'll find the link uh, in the episode description notes as well. So check it out. Right, another game that didn't have any controversy, Villa versus Everton. So going into this game, obviously we got tonked by the team, but that was a if you know if you're a seasoned football fan, you wasn't really concerned about that result. You know we've we've seen it before; it doesn't really affect uh, the bigger picture. The big thing that hurt there was the obviously the injury uh, injuries uh, of that particular week, and obviously Ming's going off. But in this case, we had a nice bounce back game against Everton lined up. Who since we've been been promoted, we've never lost against them. We are also. And let's not forget this. This is, I think we've got to keep this going until, Man- is it Manchester City? I think are the first main threat to come to Villa Park. I think it's Manchester City. But we were seven games straight wins at Villa Park before this game. So as long as you just tapped into that energy, I think this was potentially a routine game. The thing is, uh, as we said on something for the weekend, you, you lose Mings, you're thinking Deitch is going to tap into that. Dominic Calvin-Lewin was back. He'd played a closed-door friendly against uh, Manchester United and got through pretty much, uh, I think, the whole game. So you're thinking, I see where this is going. This is going to be uh, aerial bombardment to real, really test out Torres and kind of get at it. Well, that was we said that. How wrong were we? No, we just said that <laughs> to give uh, the Everton guy on the podcast a bit of hope, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what we didn't tell him is, like, we normally, against kind of lesser teams, just control the game. And, you know, pretty much down to uh, the fine details. Yeah, we're, we're actually going to give you two chances, just and to we'll be pick generous. pick you off when we want. <laughs> pick you off when we want. We'll score whenever we feel like it. But because we love the idea of a fair contest, we'll give you two chances to maybe switch the momentum of the game. But we'll open the exit turnstiles after the after half time. So if you want to leave on fifty one minutes, you can. Not that we didn't see you sneaking out, you cheeky yeah, scousers. We know it's Sunday, you got places to go, so uh, yep. we, we'll make it as painless as I've possible. I've got to get off for your Sunday roast. And you know we oblige. We we always know that the third goal is normally the trigger, isn't it? And that that normally sends people out the exit. So uh, I could see them moving the the bar. 
to, to open the doors before, you know, literally 30 seconds before we scored. It was like, okay, oh, we've decided to score now. Okay. <laughs> so controlled are we. Emery's telling the staff who who look after the away doors, right, we're going to score in it's 30 seconds. five-minute call, lads, five-minute yeah. call. All right, in terms of the lineup, uh, was there any surprises? Uh, maybe Bailey starting maybe raised a few eyebrows. Certainly uh, the Holtz, Upper Holt, there's a few people still moaning about him in the early uh, exchanges. Well, I mean, this, this is the game that Bailey should be starting. This is this is your prime Bailey game. games against crap teams. He's in his yes. element. Kamara also uh, kept his place. Argument that uh, Tillemans could potentially be starting, should be starting, however you want to phrase it. Good news was Duran and Chirure uh, returning to the bench. Just, I think we needed a bit more powder on the bench. Uh, yep. Because against the tune, it seemed to be a bit lacking. And, I mean, the first thing we learned about this game was the bloody referee. Anthony Taylor. Yeah, Anthony Taylor was just flipping yellow cards at anything I mean the Archer one getting ahead of myself but the Archer one was just uh, just ridiculous that was a job's worth yellow that one there was a few to be fair yeah but at no stage did I feel threatened in this game by Everton it's I, one I, of I the even, easiest home games I can remember I, I, to tell you the truth I didn't even know that Idrissa Gay was playing <laughs> No, I've just sat there for how many hundred of minutes it was. I just, I'm, I'm just looking now uh, that he picked up a yellow card at the end of the first half, and I, I, I was like, oh, shit, I can't remember him even actually playing. And he got hooked at half time anyway. Well, I think the thing was he was the one that was sort of on the right of the Everton midfield, so he would have been the one that was tasked with sort of keeping Dean quiet. And that was the most notable thing about the first sort of twenty, sorry, the whole match was this is the first game probably in Lucas Dean's whole Villa career that he's had space and time. Well, he was the outball, wasn't he? Acres of space. Somebody said to me at half time, it's just, actually, this, this game was ripe for uh, Alex Moreno because yeah. there was so much space to actually run into. Sometimes Luke Dean, like, he, he kind of checked himself and delivered a ball when you're thinking, actually, mate, you could have run into the box here. Yeah, I, I said that at half time about Moreno. Yeah. But he'd have had an absolute field day. He'd have roasted that fullback, especially if he'd have had like a Ramsey or someone like that to kind of to sort of double up with. Yeah. Um, we'd have murdered the young lad at fullback, bless him. Both of their fullbacks had a torrid afternoon, unfortunately <laughs> for Mr. Young, who actually got a very good reception, didn't he? Yeah, very, no, he, very got, he got an ex- excellent uh, reception. He started really well. There was almost like a two-footed tackle on Bailey, Cruncher. Yeah, nailed him. <laughs> and he's yep. thinking, well, played, played Young. Everton are going to get some value from him. And then you, after about 20 minutes, you're thinking, oh, actually, Young's their best player. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bailey roasted him for the goal, didn't he? Yeah. And the first goal, yeah. I mean, the... Bailey was starting to pick up and uh, there was a good little contest going on early doors with Young and he thought you know he thought come on Bailey let's shut all these fucking naysayers up uh, up here in the uh, the upper hole these uh, Terrace View fans <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm joking we'll get on to the Terrace View later well we'll get on to it we certainly won't be getting into it but no Bailey was having a good one yeah, him and Diaby. Another thing, he's rapid. The the ball and him move up the pitch very, very quickly, and yeah, it's, it's very noticeable that him and Bailey have a previous sort of understanding from their time at Leverkusen because yeah. the two of them linked up brilliantly all day. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even look at it as the right hand side now. I just look at look at it as the Leverkusen side. <laughs> and you know, they they in tandem, they were they were very good, and that was the thing what I was talking about earlier on about. You were thinking, oh, yeah, maybe we do need a Buendia or, you know, it'd be good when old uh, Zaninola comes in. But then you, you were thinking, well, this team is absolutely playing as a team. They're passing snappy. You know, they're, they're actually doing little passes that you probably wouldn't expect. You wouldn't have seen from Villa two two seasons ago. We play through the lines now, don't we? Very good in tight spaces. And we'll get on to more in a bit, but I, th- I thought Torres was excellent at that. You know, he takes the ball out of his feet and he plays forwards. He plays yeah. through midfield, and that if he can continue doing that, and once he you know, gets drilled week by week on training, he's going to be really useful. The first goal, great well-timed run by McGinn, and yeah. neat finish as great well. Finish. Great to, to see him arriving in the box late as yeah. well. You don't see him do it. It's more like a the sort of goal he scored for Scotland. Yeah, he had to kind of inju- adjust himself, but uh, smart finish. He he was sensational in real first half was incredible. Pockets when you think he's lost the ball and and he. It's not like the traditional stick the bum out and hustle for the ball. It, this was like really snappy turns, really, yeah. really just look one way. You know, you think the opposition's got the ball off him and then it, off he goes. He's, he's, yeah. he's totally flummoxed. Must have been about three or four times where I said, like, I'll see you later. He's just yeah. gone. 
Yeah, well, last well, week really you just saw Newcastle just focused on stopping again getting anything last week because you can see the, why. Yeah, one yeah. of the lowest number of touches and everything else last week. So, but no, it's special mention again to Bailey because that that cross was harder than it looks. He really dug it out from again. It had to go over and back as well, so to, to pick out him again. So it's just a good goal in general. Was. Louise, I mean, pick got a penalty. Pick rash, isn't he? At first, I, I didn't, I didn't see where that came from because obviously you're looking at follow the ball, don't you? But yeah, that was almost like a, it was like a bonus penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, it was to be honest. Because you thought the action had played out, and then he points to the spot, and you go, "Oh, oh gone then." Kind of basically played like, an advantage, didn't he? Watkins yeah. was very lucky that um, Pickford has such short arms, or else it would have been a perfect right hook, and it would have took his head off. Because Pickford, so, Bailey has a header, and he nods it on for Watkins. Watkins goes in and bravely sticks his toe in there. Pickford comes out swinging for the ball, and it's actually his feet that wipe out Watkins. The, the fist misses him just about, and then so rash though. This point of the game, and then especially after this incident, before the uh, the kickoff, Pickford was getting dogs abused from the. Yeah, I mean, you're just a shit Robin Olsen. There's probably that's the, such a <laughs> nasty look down in it. That's so harsh. You lose, using one of your own players as a sacrifice uh, to slag off another team's player. But uh, yeah, they were giving him uh, dogs uh, abuse all through the game, and that just compounded it. Didn't even get near the penalty, did he? Louise, it was a perfect. No, never did Watkins, thankfully. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, bear, Louise, he just dispatched it with a bit of swagger, didn't he? Right foot in the bottom corner. It's a great technique. The thing about Louise is, is sometimes like he's been the quiet man when I think he needs to come to the fore. And I think if he's our designated penalty taker, it, it just helps him. He's, he's got to give it the big dog a bit more. Yeah. Because he's got technique. And we've always said, like when he came to the club, he, was, he scored a couple of goals in the, the early belters, days. Belters, weren't they? 30-yard belters. And you're thinking, hey, hang on a minute here, boys. We've got a Brazilian in our ranks. And then you're expecting free kicks and everything to be raining in. And, and nothing really happened until he decided to start scoring from corners, which suggests, well, hang on <laughs> yeah. a minute. He's had this in his fucking locker. <laughs> Why are you not using him? And then you've got somebody who's like a 50-50 man on penalties. And you think, well, surely Louise can score from a penalty spot at will. So I'm hoping he, he steps up and he becomes the man on this. I mean, you know, Watkins really should have sorted it out because you pretty much guaranteed three or four goals extra a season. But I'd rather uh, Louise be actually dispatching them and giving himself a bit more, let's say, gravitas in the team. And at 2-0, t- it was, it was going to be a very long way back for Everton, wasn't it, at that point? Yeah, then there was that moment where it was a great... Great break, wasn't it? Save, great break, great uh, great shot, actually. As, as I was saying, there's something I like about Diaby, and that's his finishing is pretty efficient. He gets it on target. Yeah, yeah. it was a weaker foot as well. It's a great yeah, and volley, it was a, wasn't it? And it was a great save from uh, Pickford oh, brilliant. in great terms save. of reaction. It was, this is, I mean, you, sometimes you think, wow, Pickford's like, he's not like a six-foot-six giant. He's, how's he still in the England team? And then he's he, agile, he, isn't he? And then he'll he'll pull out saves like that, and you think, oh, okay, I get it. He's good, get and it. he's good with his feet. Yeah, good with his feet, and he has got good reactions. And it, you know, he's got that kind of crazy manicness. And sometimes that's all you need. You know, it's like Bruce Grabbel or something, where that does compensate for whatever it is, like whether it's size, physicality, or whatever. It it's, sometimes it's good to have like a you know, like Fabian Bartes at Manchester United was different from what they would normally go f- for. But sometimes yeah. a character works, so he you know he has that. And I think uh, that got a bit of respect back from the uh, the whole end. Especially when people saw the replay, they were like, fucking hell, wow, what's yeah. that? It was like fair And there play was the other one, wasn't there? There was another chance where it, it gets cut back again. Louise should probably just smack it himself. He lets it run to um, Diaby. Diaby side foots it. It's a soft, soft sort of tame effort. Diaby should probably score there as well. Yeah, and then obviously half-time the switch around, so that was Pickford's abuse finished with... Although Bailey carried it on in the second half when he <laughs> nutmegged him. That was a hilarious goal, wasn't it? Straight from a throw-in from Dina. And you kind of get what they're trying to do, and then Keane's just knocked it into his path, and you think you see the replays back, and you're like, what on earth are the Everton defence doing? I mean, fair play to Bailey. It's a good finish through his legs, and I'm sure Pickford would be raging. But at, at yeah. 3-0 and 51 minutes, it's game over. And as we said earlier, the, the Everton fans were already starting to go to the exits. Yeah, and that was pretty much the last... Uh, well, it was about 10 more minutes and then Bailey unfortunately limped off and you thought, you kind of felt sorry for him because he was having, uh, you know, one of his it. best games for a long yeah. time and loving life as well. And it seems, I mean, he sent there's a little social media message uh, after the game. So it seems that his injury seems to be okay because he was like, I'll oh, see you Wednesday. He just took a bit of a whack, didn't he? Yeah. So it's probably a dead leg or something equivalent. But, but. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, all all in. Uh, and at 3-0, we could just enjoy the sunshine, couldn't we? Yeah, and then Tillemans came on. And I thought Tillemans was like a bloody Rolls Royce in, in terms of his passing. It was so like, like comfortable, yeah. isn't he? And it plays perfect. on. If you were going to teach like a kid watching that game how to play on the half turn, watch Tillemans, yeah. how he receives the ball with his back to... Back to the play. He's always ready to turn. Smith is smooth, smooth operator. Yeah, he's a, well, he's a, you know he's been playing for Belgium in a very good Belgium team for a long time, and he's a good. It's almost good like man. you look at him and you go, "Oh, go on, build build a team around him." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you think, "Fucking hell, we got it's this like, guy. For, we got him for team. free. We got him for free. <laughs> yeah, can't even get in the team. No. Yeah, it's the most expensive expandable substitutions ever. I mean, you have Diego Carlos coming on. You have. Well, I don't, I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't class, Clemens. I mean, I, I called the expendables when, you know, when you're talking about Philippe Sendros and uh, players <laughs> and like that. And all them lot. Yes, yeah. and there's, there's some more kind of recent ones last season, but I, I wouldn't call Tillemans or uh, Carlos uh, expendables at all. That was when you knew you had a squad. I mean, we've got a squad now because we've had some big, big injuries, but we're still comfortably uh, disposing of teams yeah. that we should beat. Carlos, to be fair to him, did really well. There was one moment, I can't remember who it was, he just wiped him out, didn't he? And he was like, he just sent, you what? Swatted him away and walked yeah. out through midfield with the ball. He was like, yeah, cheers for this. Played like a Brazilian defender. Mings does that, like physically gets rid of people, but this was more like muscled somebody away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's hard. There is a distinction. It's almost like without effort. Mings is more effort, but <laughs> yeah. this was like without effort. It's just like the guy just bounced off him and disintegrated. <laughs> it might have been Mopai, so that's not really a was, fair actually. fate, was it? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you looked at their forward line. I mean, we'd said in our in the preview that you know Everton just don't look great going forward. Calvert Lewin limped off as he always does, but hadn't done anything. And if you're Torres. And Conza, and you see Malpai come on, you think this guy's fucking useless at the moment. <laughs> fucking dreadful. <laughs> For all his running, and, his, and everyone used to call him a bit of a shit house when he was at Brentford, at Premier League level. Fucking yeah. useless. Offered nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Torres will never have an easier game at Villa Park. What a home yeah. day to have. What a nice, easy afternoon. Spraying passes around. and we, we can't really judge him in terms of, right, yeah, here we go. But at the same time, this was a nice game to ease yourself in, and yep. also for Carlos. I mean, Carlos looked good on the ball as well, he but he had so much time to like look around, pick a pass. Tillemans was doing it a we, bit um, in tighter sorry. places than Carlos, but you know, easy at the office, easy day at the office for Carlos as well. Yeah, the way that all that all of our defenders were playing out from the back, so composed. Now you could tell they've had a week on the training ground just to sharpen at what they were trying to do at Newcastle that went a bit wrong. Admittedly, the, the Everton press was. We've seen a few teams come to Villa Park and do this not quite anything where you don't press high, yeah. you don't press deep. And Villa were like, are you going to come on, are you going to come on to us at all or are you just going to stand there? Because we're 2-0 up and this is easy. Are you going to bite, little doggy? Are you going to bite? <laughs> it's just nothing. And then, and then it's like, you know, then you had like Coutinho started pulling out the silly tricks yeah. and stuff. And I had a feeling, I mean, he, he didn't take a massive thump, did he? But I thought someone in the Everton team is going to clatter him in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Because he was playing like, he was sort of toying with him a bit. And you thought, don't do that, mate. You're going to get leathered. 
I mean, some nice little touches, little touches and, stuff. and stuff. A couple of efforts uh, here and there. It seems that it might be weeks rather than months with him. Hopefully, yeah. It looks bad at the time, it's, didn't it? It's like the, the guy never gets any momentum. It's just niggly. He's yeah. out couple of months here, a month here, a few weeks there, has never had any momentum. And it's at the stage where we want to know, are you going to, are you coming to the party this season? Because there is a role for you. There's going to be plenty of games and you, you're going to be able to turn back the clock. Uh, you know, we just need you to uh, win a couple of games here and there and you'd have made a contribution. But this is like so frustrating. Well, you know, he's only, when he's coming on yeah. after sort of 64 minutes and you're subbing him off after 85, it's like, oh, come on. We, you only need it to last 25 minutes. Yeah, he was he was unlucky because I mean he, he got the ball past and the Everton players pressuring him from behind, just sort of like bundling in him and just sort of jars his knee, hamstring, yeah. something. Hopefully, hopefully it's just a pulled hamstring. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, I was, I was watching this thinking we're so winning the Europa Conference League. If we don't <laughs> win that, what what are we doing? Bearing in mind what we've got to come back, you know, you put Moreno in that team today, as we said already, didn't we? Like, put Moreno in there, and he's just he's so dynamic. It's it's more uh, about keeping people fresh, not having an, this is a European situation, not having an off day, not underestimating opposition or being complacent. But even, you know, because a lot of these players, uh, as we said in the previous part, are well-versed in European football and probably yeah. more cut out for it because we don't know uh, how well they'll, they'll fare across the uh, the course of Premier League season until they've actually done it. But in Europe, you can just see this team wiping the floor with most teams because Everton are going to be at a level above a lot of the teams because yeah. it's all about mm. control and Villa can that's, control. That's the key word, isn't it, now, yeah. really? As we were, I mean, we were joking about dissecting them at will, but that's what we're looking at here. Yeah, I mean, please, you yeah, brought then, Duran on on 74 minutes. A minute later, he's got his first ever goal with a really... What, I mean, what did Duran need? He needed a goal. How quickly did. did he get it? Yeah. <laughs> seconds. How, how much, 40 seconds? 50 wow. seconds, yeah. It was, it, I mean, it reminded me of Bentegi's first goal because he had to take a touch to take it round. Bentegi took a touch to knock it over the keeper. Duran's was a poor throw by Ashley Young, didn't Dreadful, make it to it? The, the Everton teammate. But Duran had to get there, tow it through the the Everton players' legs, and then took a big heavy touch. But when he cu- when he caught up with it, the finish he was good. I thought, oh, great finish. Touch is a bit heavy there, but then it doesn't matter if you finish like that. Yeah, yeah. But when, whenever you look at him, there, the, the thing about Duran is that he got on and ahead of Archer. I mean, this, that tells you it all. I mean, Duran hasn't even played a minute in preseason. Gets on ahead of Archer and then only takes a minute to score. So, is it any wonder that Archer wasn't looking the happiest whenever he got on? His bizarre yellow card. But I think Duran's probably more of a bigger presence leading the line. Especially when you're, you know, you're playing against Tarkowski and King. Yeah. You know, they're, they're big lads, I think. You put Archer up, I mean, look at the game's won at this point, but if you're putting Archer up top on his own, it's a difficult assignment, that, for a young lad who's small. And I think that's part of the situation in terms of Archer. Uh, a lot of hype, but it's, and you know, undoubtedly he can finish. But Emery's looking at trying to achieve elite things and... Archer really needs to step up, and yeah, you know, you, had, you get moments where you, where you impress people or you, you make people's decisions in their minds. And you know, when you miss a penalty in the, in America, that was like uh, it, it's not working in your favour because mm. it's fine margins to get yeah. in ahead of like Duran, for example, or even get into this squad. But we'll see. I mean, you can un- understand if he went out, if they sold him, if they got, if somebody said twenty million for Archer with FFP and maybe Villa yeah. needed to get other people, you wouldn't be surprised. You'd be, you'd be almost the kind of deal that if it's depending on the buyback, you'd be like, you'd be stupid not to take the money. Yeah, and the buyback a lot of the time, I think in this case, is is also to appease fans. Yeah, because then they don't feel like they've lost him totally. Because it's yeah. not very often you buy a player back. No, I mean, look at Douglas Louise, Manchester City. Is that is that buyback clause still live? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could probably play that one. Pep, Pep, we've just learned that Douglas Louise can take penalties. Oh, get him in. We need that after losing to Arsenal in the uh, the community shield. <laughs> I must admit, just tracking back, at half-time, I was thinking, this game is a 4-0 game minimum. So I hope it's not one of those where you take your foot off the gas and they just manage it out to get a 2-0 draw. I was like, we can actually get our goal difference back in this game. So I'm glad. The good news is when the players came on, you're not bringing on Deadwood stuff now. We are bringing on players. You know, when Tillemans came on, it was sublime. Carlos was good. Duran, bang. Even Coutinho was uh, pulling some strings. So it's not as if you're, you're taking off your players because, right, we're resting them for another day and we're 2-0 up. 
or three nil up in this case, and that's it. It's like you're bringing on players that have got points to prove, and they want to make a contribution. So you, you keep at it, and we've got more to come, obviously, with uh, our Italian friend. Yep. Would you start yep. him against Hibs? No. Okay. No. <laughs> not not yet. You got, you got to make sure he's ready. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want a, a Scottish Premier League two foot tackle on one of those knees already. I mean, give him give him the chance to get used to the, the pitches and things. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tillerman's only probably one misplaced pass. There was one where he got kind of blindsided, but I think seventy six point seven percent. But I think he will start against Hibernian, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if you rest maybe one of Louise Kamara, perhaps. If you want to control that game and keep a cool head and take the sting out of any, it you know, turning into a fiery situation, he's somebody who will give you control in the middle of the park for sure. Yeah. And of course, we've seen he can he can get forward and score and make goals, which is great. Yeah. He can do a bit of everything. Also important to get that clean sheet and the that two moments. I think that one. Two moments I spoke about earlier on. We about giving. We're going to give you two moments. They did have two moments. Martinez snuffed them out both times. That shows you the kind of importance you can have a keeper does bugger all all game. But I think one was it when we we're two 0 up. Yeah, yes. there's one toward yeah. one towards the end of the first half where yeah, it was Dan Juma was yeah it? yeah the only time Torres was sort of like ball watching they get cut done on the inside and Martinez came out and saved it and then the second half was a great save from a corner that just went to the back post yeah and even though you're controlling the game if they get one of them it, it does change there's potential momentum shift. I mean, if, you know, if you want to use an example, it's like you go back to the Dean Smith years and what happened against Wolves when we were 2-0 up. If you can prevent that momentum shift, if they don't get that first goal, they don't go on to win 3-2. I think Villa still win 2-0, 2-1 tops. But they get that goal and football's funny, it just it can shift Especially, you, you'll see it in your European games as well. It's, European football always has the most, mem- I was going to say, momentous momentum shifts. I didn't want to use too many yeah. M words. So, yeah, it's important for Martins. And it just keeps it nice and clean. 4-0, job's a good one. Goal differences neutralise after two games. And away you go. When Emery uh, levelled his clean sheets, didn't he, that he had at Arsenal? Was it 10 in, 10 in 51 at Arsenal, 10 in 27 already at Villa? Yeah, which shows you uh, this is a different Emery, isn't it? Yeah, he's a little bit more streetwise at this level in the Premier League. And it, um, and he's I think there was a bit of exploration when he was at Arsenal and not not enough control to steer the ship. You could argue he's got too much control at the moment, but when you win, nobody complains about no. anything, literally anything. No. So, oh yeah, well, uh, give me a key stat, Phil Shaw. Well, the key start of the game was John Duran's goal was the quickest an Aston Villa substitute had scored since John Carew in 2009, which, funnily enough, was also against Everton. Carew was 46 seconds and Duran was 50. Mm. If he's in the new Benteke, then you can imagine this team and then you've got prime-time Benteke. Oh, in can you team. imagine that? <laughs> You're looking at uh, silverware. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care who who comes up against us. FPL Villa top man? Well, surprise to many. Leon Bailey with 11 points, goal and an assist. Anybody out there with Bailey as a captain? I'd be Didn't surprised. So. <laughs> the, apart I bet from there's Leon nobody himself. in the world <laughs> apart from Bailey himself. Yeah. Speaking of fancy uh, Premier League, those videos where they interview players about their teams. So you, you've probably seen the John McGinn one when they said, why should somebody pick John McGinn for the team? And he said, oh, if you're looking to finish kind of middle to yeah, lower. Hilarious. And they did Mo Salah. And they're saying, so, you know, who who's the best players in your team? And he goes, well, me. <laughs> and he said, oh, you pick yourself. Well, yeah. Who who, who do you think is going to get the most goals this season? Uh points from goals this season fantasy uh, me assists uh yeah me too <laughs> and he's and they go oh but uh, isn't that a bit and he said well just it's fact that's why people pick me yeah fair <laughs> and enough like, and they say do you think the price is too high and he said well most people would like a lower price so then they could definitely pick me because i score a lot of points that's how it works he's, he's kind of laughing he's just telling the truth he's not being kind of big-headed he's just saying that that's the facts <laughs> right speaking of facts what's been happening in the media muppet universe Right, Phil, what's in the trough? 
Well, in, in the media this week, it was, of course, dominated by the build-up to the Lionesses versus Spain in the Women's World Cup final. And everything was very positive, saying what a great tournament it had been in it and an advancement for the women's game. Well, that was until uh, Gianni Infantino opened his mouth. Now, if I said to you, women need to pick the correct fights or just push the doors, would you cancel me from ever speaking in public again or would you elect me president of FIFA? Because that's what he said. Well, I, I would have, have cancelled you when you said, I feel disabled. That was at the men's world. Cup. I feel African. I feel this. I feel it was. It's yeah. like tone deaf. Yeah. Well. Well. I mean, and arrogant. Infant, Infantino decided that he he has the right to talk like this because he has got four daughters. I mean, I feel sorry for his four daughters, but he has them. So he says, I, "I've got a few of them at home." When he's talking about women, and he says, "FIFA is open to equality." I've got a few of them. At yeah. Home. <laughs> <laughs> like he's so maybe he wasn't talking about daughters. Maybe the Saudis have influenced him in terms of wives. Hmm, maybe but then it, it, basically what he's saying is it, it's down to the women to make it happen so if you want equality women players it's on you to achieve it i mean tone deaf is right after a world cup that has been you know it's been very good the quality of the match has been better than every tournament the quality of the women's games gets a lot better and then infantino comes out with that and saying yeah the quality's there you just have to, to make it happen i mean come on and then from a villa point of view in the headlines this week we'll just go with the headline game so this is from the express so fill in the blanks everton star dominic calvert lewin's eye swells like a blank after a nasty aston villa clash cock <laughs> <laughs> well it was actually like a boxer i mean i was amazed that everton left him on the pitch because after clashing with martinez there he was he was i didn't see because somebody got a knee no, well, what happened was Martinez came out and claimed the ball and Calvert-Lewin was actually late to the tackle and he caught uh, Martinez's shoulder right in the cheekbone. So all, everything would indicate he's broken his cheekbone. Oh, right. So he went off like a serious injury. Yeah, because I mean, as, as I think his father has actually come out on social media after saying that he's in the hospital at the minute getting an op- operated on. Right. Still, they left him on the pitch for another 20 minutes, just sort of dazed and wandering about up front. Right, yeah. And then this one, looking forward to the match in through the week, the daily record, Hibs must swerve, blank, 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 as assistant tips Aston Villa as blank, blank, blank. You do know, Phil, the idea of the blank headline idea is just to have one blank. <laughs> it's it's, it's blankety blank, not blankety yeah, blank. Blankety blank. blank. <laughs> you don't have six fucking blanks. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll help you out then this time. It should Hibs. be Hibs must swerve blank and then blah, 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 whatever it says. Yeah, well, Hibs must swerve John McGinn show as a tip assistant tips Aston Villa as conference league winners. So the Hibs assistant manager has come out and said that they must avoid all the fuss being about John McGinn if they want to have any chance against Aston Villa, who he thinks are going to win the conference league. Well, they should win. I mean, that's what I've been saying. I said it in this show as well and the last show. I'll say it every show. Yeah, until we get knocked down. <laughs> well, hopefully you're saying it for a lot of shows because I don't want it to end after two weeks here. So keep. Yeah, keep no, I'll be it. saying this hopefully to the end of the season. Before we get into Emery's clipboard and also talk about the terrace view in the whole tent, a big shout out to the Mailman said members for your support uh, and especially uh, the mixture of new people on the block and also people who are renewing. So big shout out to uh, Peter Elliott, Andy Poulton and Kevin Keenan for signing up as Mums members for the year. If you sign up for an annual membership, you do get 10% off. So that's just over a month free. Also, a uh, big shout out to Russ as well for joining us. Uh, your surname's not on here. So hopefully you know who you are, Russ. <laughs> If you become a My Old Man Said member, you get access to ad-free shows of the My Old Man Said podcast, as well as extra shows and advances. You also get instant access to Match Club, our 24-7 meetup. Sometimes we meet up in real life as well, and we get together mainly to chat in, in the form of like a live podcast for away games. So we'll be meeting up for the Hibernian game. So if you're interested, then please do go to myomansaid.com to get more details and to sign up. Thank you very much. Right now, it's time to catch up on Emery's clipboard stroke the Hogan Wesley touch count. Still waiting for those name suggestions, by the way. Right, last week, the predictions were Chris Budd said 40 combined score of Wesley, who was playing for Stoke against Watford. Stoke actually won that 1-0. It was a good effort. And then the Blues were away to Bristol City. They won that 2-0. It looks like that Tom Brady effect's uh, rubbing off, doesn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. They're suddenly serial winners out of nowhere. Wesley started the game, 29 touches, 
I think he was subbed off on the 80th minute. Scott Hogan, 19. Ooh. So what do you get, Phil Shaw? 37. 29 plus 19. Oh, 47. 29 48. plus 48. 19. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I said. Something I'm so not very good at maths, yeah. Phil Shaw. No. Not very good at maths. Good at, good at, good at guessing uh, tallies, but not very good at maths. <laughs> oh, did I get a klaxon there or something? That's... <laughs> Well, we're, we're taking that win off you just from your lack of mathematics ah. ability. <laughs> but yes, congratulations. What's that, 2-0 now? Is it 1-all? It is. Do you know what it is? It's 2-0. It's, it's the Wesley effect. Always had, <laughs> always had faith in him. Yeah, well, he'd, come, he'd, he'd find a use for you at some point. Yeah. Always looked out for Wesley, did Phil Shaw. Right, so next week, Millwall... We don't even need to look at Sanson tiebreaker. Millwall will play Stoke next week. Oh. Oh, poor Wesley. Wesley's, that's him, finished for the season. Yeah, he'll be getting sent off, won't he? <laughs> well, Birmingham are at home to Plymouth, so can I have your combined tallies, please? Ooh, 47. Ooh. See, they're going up now. They they see that these are two of the biggest players in the championship now. Do you want to, I'm going to stick with 48. Ooh. Can you get it bang on the nose? That's pretty impressive. You do know your championship football, Phil Shaw. <laughs> Right, uh, before we go, are we going to talk about this terrace view or not? This is going to take too long. I've got too much to say about it. Bottom line is there shouldn't be this kind of hospitality in cop ends, full stop. That's why Manchester United have got rid of it. It's come, you know, this is the last season. Uh, they're eradicating it because it's killed the atmosphere there and there's been fan protests yeah, about it. Stretford End are just like, no, we don't want to know. Gallagher oh. End at Newcastle, no mm. chance. Spurs built a whole new stadium, brand new stadium with a heavy, heavy focus on hospitality. General admission plus. And they did not include it in their cop end. They built one big stand, which... With the longest goal line bar. Which uh, Villa Park used to boast the biggest single cop end in Europe. And that's what... That's the basis of what we're talking about here. The tradition of it, the lungs of Villa Park, the hearts of Villa Park... And there's one thing I thought, this is going to create an upstairs and downstairs. It creates two tiers in terms of... A big uh, wedge between people, literally. Like in society, uh, at a whole, the haves and the haves have not. And that's it's, yep. it's not going to play well. They're only getting away with it because Villa are winning. And that's why they've thought, well, yeah, this you know, we need to increase hospitality. We've got to be over 10%, benchmark this, benchmark that against the Premier League. They didn't benchmark it against any other proper clubs and their cop ends. Well, the tradition of cop ends... Even, on your, even in Europe, you don't see it, there. Yellow wall, the, you know, the curvers at San Siro, Barca, Real, these teams, they don't do it. It's, I mean, I said on, uh, I think it was Instagram, where I said this is just the disease to have uh, hospitality and proper cop ends. You, and that's you're actually, not to say we're against hospitality... No, you no. have it in the right places. Have I mean, in the right places, absolutely. It's, for example, uh, you know, when they're talking about people and moaning about people uh, standing up. And, you know, I had an argument with Perslow with this when he was uh, at Villa, when he it was the first meeting we ever had, where he said, I, the most deplorable thing is when people stand up in front of you. And you're thinking, and I said to him, I said, well, excuse me, but the tradition of Villa Park back in the day, you know, in the old flat cap days, it was like 80,000, 70,000 standing i said this is the core of tradition of this football club and there's a solution for you you, you have rail seats uh, it's you know, what they used to call safe standing in an area so people can stand and there's no problem and then if you want to sit you know that certain areas of the ground it's all seating and the people who want to stand will go to the areas that you can stand it's simple you give the people choice and when you want, if you want hospitality, if you want to wear a lanyard for whatever reason, I mean, it's, it was surreal being in the Holton with loads of people wearing lanyards. It would just felt alien. I, I don't want to wear a fucking lanyard. I tell you that. I mean, you're you're coming <laughs> if you're like me and you don't get to every game. You don't want to come over and get a completely sanitized experience with a lanyard and you know speedy boarding and everything else you want yeah, it's, this is not like a tourist trip where you think oh i want to experience the holtz and you're sitting there with the elan yard and it's like if you want to experience the holt and by the way you can't now just like fly over and experience the holt because all the tickets that you could have got in have been, been blocked off yep. to uh, basically milk people who've got some money of which i might add there were about roughly 150 seats in the holt end upper empty for that game which is inexcusable for a game that was supposedly sold out. Well, I looked across to, uh, to the Trinity. I got a photo of this, like 15 minutes in. So everybody's taken the seat by then. It's nothing to do with like leaving it for half time earlier or after half time. This is like 
bang, you're in the middle of the game, 15 minutes into the game, and there was empty seats all over the Trinity hospitality places. It's not a good look. No. And I know they've priced them up. But the, going back to the uh, the core of the matter is, there's a thing in football, there's a strategy with the police in terms of controlling football fans and opposition fans and, and the local fans. And that's to, to hopefully try to avoid them to have sight lines of each other. So when they're leaving, when they're coming into the ground... So I was thinking the only way this bloody hospitality works in the hall is if it's out of sight and it's like you're going through like side doors or whatever. Like it's not flaunted is the word I'm looking for. And you get to the hall and there's, there's, you know, there's hostesses dressed up. There's velvet ropes for fuck's sake. Velvet ropes in the the hall. I can't believe it. And you just think this is a buzzkill. This is killing it. I mean, the Holt struggles for atmosphere sometimes, sometimes and it's a, it's, a, it's a complaint. But we're talking about the levels it should be. And, and the conversations are always, how do we improve the atmosphere? How do we improve the atmosphere? This isn't, the, and this will kill it. Tone-deaf marketing. Well, it's people getting, right, everybody's happy now, we can do whatever we want. And it's and it's marketeers that, football, it's not beating in the heart. They're just crunching data they did that survey. They know that some people said, oh, yeah, I'll pay a bit more for this and that. And they go, right, okay, we, we, we've got it. Let's do it. They'll pay more rather than just people saying, well, I'd like better facilities. But they were talking, well, look at what we've got. And you're putting season tickets up constantly, big percentages. And now the service for a general admission is worse. The service is crap. Less toilets. Yeah. Less space. You've taken out pretty much 50%. Also, I mean, I don't. I'm not bothered about the the actual package, but I've been in Spurs' home end, in their cop end, and I've you know seen videos of this terrace view, and the standards pretty much it's on the same. It's better probably because you've got little uh, restaurants and you've got a brewery there, and it's kind of well set out, and there's actual atmosphere there. So you've actually got the best of both worlds. You've got better facilities, and you've got a genuine atmosphere people singing songs and everything. I don't think you've got that at the terrace view, but they're not paying any extra for that. That's in their ticket price. And they can stay after the game for two hours, can't they, as well? Well, you can in the terrace view. That's something but the, but the whole stand can, so the club is making a lot more money by keeping however many people in after the game, rather than at maximum a 1,000, or whatever it's, 1,500. You were hoping when you're filling the survey and you think, oh, you get better facilities in the hall because they're, they're not fit for purpose at the moment. And it turned into, right, let's fleece some fans. But going back to the original point of sight lines, you're walking in there, you see velvet ropes, you see all these people and it turns fans against fans because they can see this going in well there's an outside terrace as you're walking up the hole and steps to go in the turnstile and everyone's just glaring at them and Mm -hmm. it's flaunting it and people were slagging people off on social media for fans turning on fans and unfortunately it's what do you expect it's the club's fault it's not the fans fault for doing it and you know you feel sorry for the fans that have bought into it you know, they're getting called scabs and uh, all kinds of things. Which, but I mean, like, like, which is harsh because for some people, you know, they're so low down the, the, the waiting list. They're like, this is the only chance I've got. And of course, the club have preyed on their, yeah. I don't I don't like FOMO. calling it desperation, but it's FOMO, exactly. And it's just thing, the thing well, is, I, I'm if, never going to get a go to a game here. This is my best chance. Of course, you're going to take it if you can afford it. I understand that. But if those tickets were available like they're normally for members, I mean, the members is a big scam as well. Yes. Yeah. Basically, so if you become a member, you can buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. Well, take away the membership. You could still buy a ticket. It's it's just creating. I mean, it's like Spurs did a membership, and then it's like membership plus, and it's always to you pay more to get further in front of the queue. And that FOMO of that waiting list of like thirty thousand. It's it's interesting when you get to thirty thousand, and they're they're ringing you up. You're thirty thousandth on the list, but they're still offering you a terrace view for the season. A, people have gone like, no, sorry, I'm not paying like double the amount just to have facilities that I should have anyway. It's like, you know, you're going to Spurs Hospitality, it's carpeted floors, it's free meals included in the price at the level that, you know, we're talking like it's a soft hospitality. You get one free drink and a meal or, you know, pie, whatever it is. Like like when I say pie, proper pie, like with potatoes, peas and all that shit. Yeah, the thing is, it's if this is available as a one-off, like if it's somebody's birthday, if it's a stag do, if it's something like that, if it's a, a one-off where you go in the hospitality places but the whole should not yeah. it should be one for one for one and one for all it's not a it's just weird watching people walking around with lanyards whatever their motive is 
to be there. Good luck to them. It's the, I don't have a problem with that. It's what it makes it feel like. And this is not their fault. Unless, no, I mean, they sure. shouldn't take, take their lanyard off. That's my suggestion. But it's the club. What they've done, they haven't thought about this. They've just gone for the money. They just want to milk us for as much money as they can. And when it sets up a situation, and they're naive, by the way, not to f- have foresight for this. And the first time they suggested well, I think I said on a previous podcast when Perslow and uh, Nicola Ibbotson said, oh, we want to speak to you whole tenders. And you're thinking, oh, what, to improve the whole tend facilities? Yeah, great. That's what everybody was thinking. But I said to him, oh, and the, my exact words were, before you uh, start upselling the Holt, think about the atmosphere and what the Holt is to, to Villa Park. And they just looked at me like almost like blankly. People who don't understand culture. And then fast forward where there was no consultation on this and it just pops out. I mean, I wasn't in the meeting when they did the presentation. I was, you know, I was listening in because I was overseas. But when I heard it, I thought, oh, God. And it would have been compounded more so on the Everton game, of course, because they'd, they'd shut the whole suite, which would have yeah. good good numbers in there as well. And you don't have to pay in. I mean, we'll see what ends up happening with that. But yeah, I've got a feeling that that's going to turn a bit nasty. But uh, yeah. the upshot is this people were turning against these people after a 4-0 win. And that shows you how bad it is, what the, what the club, this scenario that they've created. Because if that was a 4-0 loss... Oof, oof, nasty. Imagine. And so, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. It's causing an unnecessary, unfortunate situation. Especially at a time when you really don't need to. No, things are so good on the pitch. Like, you're already winning. It's like, don't fucking gamble and piss people off by just not having foresight. If you had any consultation, I mean, the consultation group, by the way, when it's not happy with pretty much anything that's been happening in the last six months in terms of what the government set out and the, you know, the fan-led review set out for this fan advisory board to actually be. It, it, there's been no consultation in, in the last year proper. And there's, you know, there's going to be words on that as well because you wouldn't get into this situation. There's two different cultures in football. One is when you're winning and things turn bad because clubs are a bit more boldened to get away with things. And then the other thing is when you're losing and everything is attacked. That's yeah, the I mean, they'd, they'd have never got crumbled. away with any of this, would they, when Gerard was there? Not necessarily. I mean, there was a, it's kind of a small window, the Gerard situation. True. Because it wasn't like the McLeish thing or it wasn't like Lambert where that was like dragged out over seasons until eventually we were led down the corridor of relegation. Where, by the way, under Lambert, we were getting sub 30,000 gates. That's the epitome of we were there when we were shit. Because <laughs> Gerard was, that was still, I mean, he finished his first season when he, you know, not uh, it was a part season. And then in that, in that summer, it was the usual cliche. Oh, you know, he'll have his own pre-season he'd get get his own players in and everybody and that's why there was still positivity and that's why the club crank in and go really hard on a three-tier increase on season tickets because there was optimism and feel-good factor was still there there's no way they could have done it six months later no no so it's unfortunate that people are being taken advantage of because a if you're going to pay that much money to get hospitality then you should have carpets on the floor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I mean? You should be getting not what we should be getting anyway kind of thing. So it's unfortunately people are being fleeced that way. But you just shouldn't have it in the hole. That's the simple one sentence here. And don't make it worse for everyone else. If you want to make it better for a few, that's one thing. That's I don't, I don't mind that. Don't make it worse for everyone else when they're paying a lot more. And people don't get it. I mean, I, I all I said was like people are singing songs, you know, basically at the Terrace View people. And I mean, it was actually, uh, it kicked off more than I thought because I never thought it would be flaunted so much. You'd have all these hostesses and velvet ropes. It's like, wow, this, what, what do you think that fans are going to think about this? Ones that you, you know, they've had to move. People who've been kicked out of their seats, that's yeah. bang out of order, isn't it? That sort and of then, stuff. you know, for example, the rear allocation window where, you, where you're thinking, oh, I'm going to move next to my friend or people in my family. It's like, oh no, so you can't do that. It's all booked off. And then you get to the game and, you know, this applies to me. There was somebody who wanted to move closer, and then we get to the game, and on this on our row, there's about five people with lanyards on, and you're thinking, oh, that's why we could actually have moved, but club want more money. But you know, then then you learn that you know, the the, the away ticket thing is a big. Uh, that's just a shambles. It's a big issue at the time that that pisses a lot of people off. You know, there's the people who have been travelling all the time. Over a long, sustained period as well. Many years. And so they feel a right that their loyalty should entitle them to first dibs and, 
you have to respect that. Then you've got the people who want to actually go to away games and get on the ladder. And it, it's still possible. It's, I mean, it's a stealth operation, but it's not out of order. But there's still people, you know, it's not like when I was younger, you, you literally could go to any away game you wanted. You turn up for home games, pay at the turnstile, no problem. You know, at a whim, impulsively. Can't do that now. And so you've got people who want to go to away games. And so they're in this frustrating position and then suddenly this terrace view you know you pay more and this is like a cross-section of how society works you get a list of uh, all the games if you're not aware of this up to at the moment up to christmas all the away games and you just tick which game you want like say uh burnley away then it says how many tickets do you want for this one to four and you're like wow you get the ballot for it don't you then and so they got their own little ballot but you can actually say yeah i'll have four tickets thanks people getting tickets for the hibs away game no problem also these hospitality uh terrorists somebody in match club was saying there's, there's manchester united fans in there because it's like a mate from work wanted to come to the football and he's a manchester united fan we had to keep that quiet it's like that's not the whole anyway it's, it's a rant but uh a valid one. It's a, yep. it's a valid one, and you know you can't be turning fans against each other because of the actions of other people to the detriment of what the essence of the whole tend or any cop end is. And if you want to benchmark, and they, that's always the excuse they use for up, up in prices. Oh, we benchmarked it against this club and that club. Well, benchmark the concept of hospitality in a cop end. And our cop end, by the way, is one of the most famous in football. In football, full stop. So they've tarnished that reputation because we're now a laughing stock. On that note, gentlemen, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.